Yes, sir. Here we go into a Wednesday edition. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios on this Wednesday. Don't forget, coming up on Monday, we will be at the Buffalo Wild Wings and more to uh, have you out there with us getting one of your uh, teams for the 68-team giveaway over at the Buffalo Wild Wings location and more. Looking forward to that. That's going to be a great time. All right, Sooners, Cowboys tonight. Go round number three. Oklahoma lost by 16 in Stillwater, 72-56. to First game of the season uh, in the Bedlam Series between these two rivals. Oklahoma lost by 10, 71-61 to at the LNC back in early February in a game really that wasn't that close. Porter Moser on this morning with T. Rowe. Talking about keys to victory in round three for the Sooners tonight. Let's hear what Porter had to say this morning. You know, we've got to be connected defensively. I mean, Asbury and John Michael Wright and Bryce Thompson, those three guards all can really, really score and shoot it. Um, and then you got your bigs. You know, you got three of the big shot blockers, Cisse and then the all-league player, uh, Boom. So we've got, to, we've got to really, you know, guard their guards. Can't get them loose and going with some threes. Transition D, but then rebounding. They they can really rebound with their length, and we can't limit those second chance. We got to limit those second chance points. And for us, offensively, we got to stay confident. You know, they're they're, they're elite defensively. Um, they're they're number one in our league. We've we've got to you know play through some misses, play through some block shots, and then conversely knock down some shots. There we go, and that's our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central Clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Parker Thune, how we doing? What gives tonight? They say it's very difficult to beat a team three times in a season. They also say that Oklahoma State, I'm talking about they, everybody out there is collectively they. They also say that Oklahoma State's a really bad matchup for OU. So what Which gives? they are. First off, I just want to make note of the fact that today is a hoodie and shorts day in God's country. I'm living my best life. That's that's a good day. If you can go hoodie and shorts day, that's a really good day. Now, that said, I do not expect Oklahoma to win this basketball game tonight because you hit the nail on the head, Steely. This is a terrible matchup for Oklahoma. Oklahoma State is equipped to exploit Every one of the Sooners' weaknesses. And you've seen that twice already this year when these two teams met in the regular season, first in Stillwater and then in Norman. So I think this is the end of the line for Porter Moser and OU. I would love to be wrong. I would love for OU to win this game, get a shot at toppling Texas, which they came so close to doing twice, and get to the 500 threshold because – that's at least you feel like you've salvaged something if you get to 500. But if your enduring memory of the 2023 season is, hey, you brought up the seller in the Big 12, finished with a losing record, were the 10 seed in the conference tournament and got bounced immediately. It's going to leave a sour taste in most everybody's mouth heading into next season. Yeah, which is absolutely crazy considering the fact they also had some great wins, right? Uh, particularly the Alabama game. It's been it's been a topsy turvy roller coaster ride of a season. More valleys than peaks, certainly for Oklahoma. But we'll see what happens tonight. Kendall coming at Parker on the text line in three, two. One. By the way, I discovered via the text line that Gunny of Stutzman Army butters his bread before he puts it in the toaster. Really? Seems kind of dangerous to me. Mm, yeah, I guess so. But I trust what Gunny does. He's Gunny of Stutzman Army. I think he makes usually pretty good decisions. So 
But he said Plank out here trying to slander my good name by saying I butter bread before putting it in the toaster. But it's not true, Steely and Thune. I don't even own a toaster right now. Wow. See, so, I, I own is a toaster. Is that audio clickbait from Chris Plank? I expect a little more from a varsity letterman who works 24 hours a day. I think he sleeps 30 minutes and does shows the rest of the time or play-by-play. That's it. Maybe Plank's confused because he doesn't get any sleep. Plus, he has kids, so you know he's not getting any sleep, right? And I'm not going to be sleeping for a while either because I am I am wired right now. I am... I am pop. It's popping right now because I am running on energy drink and double stuffed Oreos right now. This could get crazy. Double stuffed Oreos. Oh yeah, about six of them. Steely issued the raspberry zingers this morning in favor (laughs) of the double stuffed Oreos. The golden double stuffed too. And I'm telling you, man, right now I am shaking. It's crazy. I look like a bobblehead. It's pretty bad. All right. uh, Thanks to Tim Lasher and uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Sponsoring our opening hour here on The Ref. They've been in business now for 16 years in the metro area. Call them up, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Uh, How quickly will Tanner Groves get two fouls tonight? That, I think, is going to be something to look at. What would you set the over and under at? First seven minutes of the game, two fouls for Tanner Groves against OSU in the in the matchup tonight. Man, that's kind of the concern is if Groves gets in foul t- trouble, you're kind of screwed. Just because Groves is a streaky player. We've talked about this. But he's far superior to any other option that Oklahoma has on the inside. And Sam Godwin has had his moments. Yeah, he's right? decent. But if you get behind the eight ball with Tanner Groves and his foul count early in this basketball game, then with the size and the physicality that Oklahoma State has, you're going to be in for a long, long night. Played great in the TCU game, no doubt. Got emotional afterwards. You have to admire the kid's effort. He plays hard all the time. He's somewhat limited. I think maybe the expectations were bloated a little bit for Tanner Groves coming to Oklahoma because of that 38-point game he had in the NCAA tournament. For Eastern Washington against Kansas. Wow, that sounded like the psycho shriek right there from the Hitchcock film. Moving that microphone. Very scary. Need some WD-40 in the commercial Or am I hearing things because I'm on a sugar high right now? Do I butter my Oreos before I eat them? No, these were just uh, straight stuffing, pretty much. But I feel good so far. Anyway, Sooners Cowboys tonight, 830 in Kansas City on ESPNU. The early game. Tech in West Virginia, Corey Williams, the interim head coach for the Red Raiders. You know that Mark Davis is probably not going to be back. Obviously, Mark Adams. Like Mark Adams. Mark Davis is the Raiders' bad hair owner guy. But uh, he does have some bad hair, doesn't he? <laughs> Makes a lot of sense why he hired John Gruden, doesn't it? Yes. Those two know. are two peas in a pod. Who can challenge Mark Davis? See, I'm everywhere because of these Oreos and the energy <laughs> drink. And we just, boom, we just, we just completely went off the highway. Uh, to Take the exit. You know, we turn right as quickly as possible. But is there anybody who has worse hair than Mark Davis in sports? See, it doesn't come to you right initially, right? Trey Young? I mean, Trey's is interesting, but it's Mark Davis is a – look, Mark Davis is the one seed here. Trey Young would be like an 11 seed in that bracket. 
See, nobody nobody can come up with a response. I think Mark Davis is the automatic winner. It's like UCLA back in the tournament uh, in the late 60s and uh, on into the 70s when you just knew that they were going to win. The only question is who they were going to play and how bad. Dana Holgerson. Dana Holgerson. Dana Holgerson's go. up there, but I would still go Mark Davis. There's something about Holgerson's that is you admire that because he rolls with it. Mark Davis, it's just creepy. Like the dude could have bodies in a basement somewhere, right? It wouldn't surprise you. Authorities arrested Mark Davis today and found five bodies in a cellar on his property. Because of that hairdo, you've got to be crazy to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? This looks good. I'm going out like this. Dana Holgerson's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, he's just got to. Dana, you never see everywhere. Dana Holgerson in a suit, right? I don't think that Dana Holgerson worries about hair care. I do think that Mark Davis worries about hair care and still looks like that, and that's where Mark Davis has the edge. So anyway, uh, I thought we had a pre-show meeting, and we thought that we would lead with worst hairdos in sports today. So veering off course a little bit. But 8.30 tonight, ESPNU, Big 12 Tournament, Kansas City, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. And again, the first game out tonight, Tech and West Virginia, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. So the Sooners need, number one, stay out of foul trouble, particularly inside Tanner Groves. I mean, you can't commit a stupid, silly foul early in the game, and you know they're going right at him, right? And then Oklahoma needs a good start in this game. Now, again, Captain Obvious here, I get it. But the way the Sooners have been handled by the Cowboys so far this season, again, that 10-point loss in Norman looks decent, but it wasn't. The Cowboys controlled that game. Uh, and then, again, a 16-point setback in Stillwater. And I, I think, again, if Oklahoma State jumps out like 8-2 to two or something, then they're already somewhat living, not totally rent-free, but there's a, it's not, you know, the Sooners are paying rent up there. Right, so if they get down ten to two or something like that right off the bat, it could be a track meet for Oklahoma State. But if Oklahoma gets off to a good start, if uh, Grant Sherfield has a game, if again uh, Tanner Groves doesn't get in foul trouble, the Sooners can hang and beat Oklahoma State. But the first two games, man, it's just been it's been a nightmare. And Oklahoma State, no doubt, is a bad matchup. But um, I don't know. I'll give the Sooners a uh, a. Th- one and three shot tonight. What would you put it at? Yeah, sure. Something 30, like that. 30%. That's Something fair. Something like that. All right, so what do we have? How about the Thunder last night taking down the Warriors? Steph Curry had 40. He was, what, 10 of 16, I think, from three. Unbelievable game for Josh Giddy. SGA had 33. Uh, Arkansas, Jalen Williams, not J-Dub, who didn't play last night, had 15. Lou Dort, 18. Dario Saric, I like what he's bringing when he's out there. 14 points. Uh Five assists, six of eight from the field last night, one of one from three, and Oklahoma City beat the Warriors 137 to 128. You you kept waiting for Clay or Steph, you know, again to somehow win that game. And uh, again, Steph was great from three point range, but Oklahoma City gets the win by nine last night. They will play at Phoenix tonight, eight o'clock against KD and the Suns. So there you go. All right, Caden McFarland will join us today at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. ORU with a destruction of North Dakota State in the uh, Summit League final last night. ORU headed to the uh, NCAA tournament. They're already in along with the uh, College of Charleston. ORU is in. Kennesaw State is in. UNC Asheville, Northern Kentucky, Fairleigh Dickinson, Drake, 
Furman, Southeast Missouri State, Louisiana, Lafayette, and Gonzaga are all in right now, the NCAA tournament field. And don't forget our uh, 68 team giveaway coming up on Monday at the Buffalo Wild Wings and more. Can't wait to see you out there. You know the Ref Army is going to have a great turnout. We want to see you there reporting for duty on Monday. All right, break time. Steel Man and Thune underway here on this Wednesday. Don King and Andre Agassi have been nominated, but I still think they fall short of the glory of Mark Davis's bad hair. Be right back. Steel Man and Thune with you here on a Wednesday. Hope you're doing good. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday so far. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, 405-651-3439. We'll be going there in just a second. Recruiting the suitors still waiting on the first commit of this new recruiting class. Uh, still don't have one yet. Still don't have one yet. But Oklahoma has made... Major inroads uh, with Will Maneri, the uh, number one uh, defensive line prospect, edge guy in the country. It would be a great get for Oklahoma. 247 National Recruiting Director Steve Wilfong said the other day that, yeah, Oklahoma's sitting pretty with uh, Will Maneri right now. Well, he's been there four or five times, and I think that Oklahoma's in excellent position. They're coming off the number four recruiting class in the country last year, and I'm not sure there's a pro- prospect in the country they covet more then Williams knew an area out of Lee Summit, Missouri. And yeah, his relationships with Coach Bates and Coach Chavis, that's a that's a big part. He got a chance to get some one-on-one time with Coach Venables. He likes the direction of the program and feels good about the player development that he would get playing for such an experienced coaching staff. He talked about how wired uh, Coach Venables is. And, and the Soul Mission program uh, is also a big thing that Oklahoma has going in its favor here. So there's there's obviously no question that the Sooners are on the short list for Williams Nguyenary as he continues his process. There you go. And uh, Parker's got a crystal ball out there. And uh, the, the issue here is I think you were saying the other day, Parker, that you think this official commitment may happen, though, may take a while. July, I think, is what you yeah, said. Yeah, July. And – you know, all things considered, that's not the worst timeline if you're an Oklahoma fan because you know it's not getting dragged out the way that some of those high-profile recruitments tend to when you think back to DJ Hicks and Peyton Bowen last cycle, for instance. July is still pretty early, all things considered, to wrap it up. And so if that's when Will Nguyenary commits, what you know is that as of right now, heading into the spring ball season, you have the lead and you're going to have every opportunity to maintain that lead because not only have you only have you already hosted him on campus five times for unofficial visits, but he's going to be looping back around for an OV. And so however the tides shift, however uh, the winds of change blow over the next few weeks, Oklahoma's going to have a chance to put a halt to all of that whenever Nguyenary's official visit with Oklahoma rolls around. There you go. So the Sooners in good shape right now. You just mentioned the winds of change. Can you whistle the opening to the winds of change by Scorpions? I can't whistle. Try it right now. Okay, I got a note. Okay, we're gonna have to. That's my single note that I can whistle. I think that we're gonna have to play that now. Winds of change by Scorpions into the break now because I have that in my head. I'll I'll dig it up. I'm hyped up, hopped up on 
double stuffed Oreos and energy drinks. So the sugar crash is coming next hour. I might be asleep next hour. So, all right, uh, 405-651-3439. Any other new developments we need to speak about in recruiting? We're now three days, you know, out from that big recruiting weekend. The Sooners had anything new to report on. Nothing really new to report on, I would say. Uh, I think for now, it's just a question of who pops first and when. For my money, it's still Michael Hawkins. And for my money, that still happens within the next two or three weeks. I don't think we get out of March without a commitment from Michael Hawkins, if I had to guess. All right. So what you're saying, again, and we talked about this last year to an extent, that Oklahoma was in the marathon and they were going to be in the top five at the finish of the marathon. But don't panic when the Sooners are in the middle of the pack during the actual marathon. And it looks like we're going to have to deal with that again this year because that's the way Oklahoma approaches this. They want real commitments. They don't want – look, and even with this approach we saw last year with Colton Vosick and Anthony Evans, you know, guys like that, that it's not 100% foolproof. But it's pretty pretty solid overall. You know, and even with those guys, because of family ties in Austin and in Athens, that became a problem for OU. But again, Sooner fans are going to have to be patient because it looks like that's the way it's going to unfold again this year. Certainly. And the earlier you can get Hawkins on board, I think the, the earlier the initial surge is going to come. And looking at this board right now, looking at the prospects that Oklahoma is hotly pursuing, I – and I mean this in a good way. I don't think there is a Peyton Bowen on their board right now. David Stone, that's probably going to be an arduous recruiting process. But I don't know that we're going to be sitting here on National Signing Day waiting for a decision from one of Oklahoma's priority targets. I think the guys that they've put a red eye on are all guys that are angling for a decision at the very latest in midsummer. And so Oklahoma, I would figure, will have much of their class committed by the time fall camp opens in early August. All right, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And you love to get that early quarterback commitment, right? I mean, that's what all the schools are trying to do because your quarterback kind of sets the tone in some ways as the recruiter that is committed, And we saw that with Caleb Williams. We saw that with Jackson Arnold. We saw that a little bit with Spencer Rattler. Uh, Not as much as Caleb Williams, but you like to get that early commit as well. All right, you want to take over on the text line? Uh, Let's let's see what the folks are saying. Uh, Bill Self and his his toupee, said Ronnie Crimson, that's his nominee for worst hair in sports. Uh, Would Billy Ball work today? Does anyone still do it? I don't know if we can compete at even a top 15 level if we're going to play half-court basketball. Am I crazy to think this? I mean, there are schools out there that run and gun. Now, you're not seeing uh, to the level where Loyola Marymount was doing it back in the day, you know, take a shot within seven seconds uh, kind of stuff. But one of the things you have to do to run that system is get a lot of really good athletes. And Billy had a lot of really good athletes once he got the ball rolling. Oklahoma's got some decent players. They've got some athletes, but they don't have enough, I think, to run that system, particularly when they're not as good as the other teams in this conference right now. And remember, they've got another year in the Big 12. So they've just got to get better in terms of particularly uh, with athletic big men 
who can hang with, and I think Porter in that opening soundbite, <laughs> we might play that again if you could cue up. I think he gave up on pronouncing uh, Musa Cisse's name. He just kind of went, uh, Moo, and then he just stopped. Let's see if it, let's see if Porter did that. You know, we've got to be connected defensively. I mean, Asbury and John Michael Wright and Bryce Thompson, those three guards all can really, really score and shoot it. Um, and then you got your bigs. You know, you got three of the big shot blockers, Cisse and then the all-league player, Moo. Uh, Boom. So we've got it. We've got oh, okay, it. he got it. He's saying, and then the all-league player, uh, boom. So we've got it. We've got it really. He's <laughs> and then the all-league player, uh, boom. Oh, boom. He's the all-league player, uh, boom. Okay, he said moon instead of boon. There you go. That's all right. Jimmy Johnson, horrible hair. Jimmy used a lot of hairspray. There's no doubt he has his own personal hole in the uh, ozone layer. But you know what? I didn't like Jimmy Johnson a whole lot um, for a while. But kind of as he got older, he, he became more likable. And I like Jimmy Johnson now. When he got emotional, when he got the Hall of Fame call and that, um, you know, I just I didn't hate the guy, not to the mule shoe level. But I think he's a lot more likable uh, in his older age. You don't use any hair products, do you? Eh, it depends on the day. The level have, of wind? Yeah, the level of wind and the level of crazy. I, I have weird hair, Steely. Some days it's straight, I think some it falls days it's into wavy. Place. You, you could have this over here. You want to trade? You'd be wearing a hat every day like me. It's not Yeah, good. I don't know if I've ever seen your hair, Steely, uh, you know at least what? for longer than 10 seconds. It's kind of like when you see a baseball manager and they're not wearing their cap. You're like, <laughs> oh, no wonder that dude wears a hat. Yeah, like what does the top of Tony LaRusse's head look like? Yeah, exactly. So Gunny of Stutzman Army says horrible hair for Mule Shoe. Mule Shoe is definitely follically challenged right now. And has been. Now, Mule Shoe in some ways, well, in a lot of ways, is phony, right? Can't trust the guy. So he would be the kind of guy that would go to pay or weave because he's going to try and fool people. That's what he did here at the end of his tenure. So it wouldn't surprise me if one day Mule Shoe popped up and there's another set of hair there, you know, where all of a sudden, wow. Do you think uh, Clark Stroud washes his hair for him sometimes? I don't know if I even Shampoos. want Shampoos? I need that visual out of my brain, Steely. Like Mule Shoe's got his own salon and it's – you know, he's got his head laid back in the sink and Clark Stroud's doing the shampooing. It's possible. Very possible. I I I don't I don't even know how to respond to that. Sometimes Parker just looks at me like, dude, who are you? Where are you going with this? Now I have the indelible mental image of Clark Stroud washing Mule Shoe's hair. And I'm just or- kidding here. By the way, somebody's going to say, you know, he's a really nice guy. Okay, it's a radio bitch. Don't take things too seriously. But it wouldn't surprise me is all I'm saying. All right, Parker could not whistle the winds of change. This is what it should have sounded like. I can't either. I can't do it. This is actually a good song. I like it. Okay, we've got Caden McFarland coming up at 135. We'll get to more of your texts, talk a little more Sooner football when we get back. We'll hear from Reggie Pearson, Jr. Yes, down to Gorky Park. That's right. All right, stay with us. Coming right back here on The Ref.
Steelman Thune here with you on the Home Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, Wednesday edition. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic games. They've got all your favorite table games. They have a tremendous poker room. They have the best bars and the best dining. Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet, featuring a steak night on Friday, seafood night on Saturday, brunch, a Hall of Fame brunch on Sunday, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. They've got a great food court, many dining options, and great promotions as well. Beats and Bites is back for 2023. The Outdoor Summer Concert Series, which begins May 27th, 38 special, and Blue Oyster Cult. What are your go-to tunes for 38 special? A lot of people would say, Hold on loosely, number one. Blue Oyster Colts, uh, Don't Fear the Reaper, more cowbell. I'm going to go with uh, Caught Up in You for 38 Special and Burning for You for 38 Special. Although, or for uh, Blue Oyster Colts. How countercultural of you, Steely. For Blue Oyster Colts, I should say Burning for You, but Don't Fear the Reaper is really, really good. So, anyway, that's the first show out May 27th. Also presented by Coop Ale Works. Uh, you can get outdoors, bring your folding chairs. They've got food trucks everywhere. Again, um, it's a great time outdoors. May 27th, first show, 38 special, Blue Oyster Cult in June. A trio of bands, Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, Tracy Bird. And then August 26th, Gary Allen on the Beats and Bites stage outdoors at Riverwind Casino. You can get your tickets online. Right now, get your tickets online right now at Riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks a piece. Heck of a deal. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. One listener says, I've known Clark since the dorms in 88, but I almost ran off the road laughing. I might have to text him about that. Go ahead. That's fine. Yeah, I'm just I can picture it. And there's always somebody who takes something with, you know, he's really good. good he has kids. OK, it's a radio bit. Now, the mule shoe anger is not a radio bit. That is very real. That's it. Don't take things too seriously, people. From a listener in the 405. Do you think that Clark Stroud dresses like a little mini me for mule shoe? Visor and all. I think that would be awesome if he did. That would be. So, uh, anyway. I wonder if Mule Shoe gets his hair follicle treatments done in the same salon that Caleb gets his nails painted in. Yes, says one listener. It's the F Utah salon, yes. Nobody from Utah can work there. Oh, how did we ever thank the uh, great people at the University of Utah? Did we ever send a, we'll bo- have a, a chance bouquet to. or anything? We'll have a chance to do so this fall. Kyle Whittingham, my hero. I should have sent him some stuff for Valentine's Day because he was my hero. With my wife, Shay, of course, being the real hero. But the guy who gave me great happiness besides my wife, well, my wife is not a guy. <laughs> the- <laughs> Read. Just, just start over, Steve. Okay. The person that allowed me to really enjoy life, number two behind, besides my lovely wife, Shay, was Kyle Whittingham. He gave me two wonderful nights. I mean, he gave me two really good evenings where it was a very joyous occasion to see the Utes win. Cam Rising first time around in Salt Lake City. That was awesome. Caleb Williams cried. And then down the stretch in the Pac-12 championship when they just ran over SC late in that game like a bulldozer, and it was awesome. Oh, boy. I need the (laughs) – 
I need the meme of the parrot from Aladdin <laughs> going, oh, boy, he's cracked. He's gone nuts. But he did. Who else gave us more joy in 2022 outside of your family members than Kyle Whittingham? Anybody else for Sooner fans? You didn't get a lot of joy from a 6-7 and seven season, did you? You're not getting any joy from basketball. Yes, you beat Alabama. and oh, Okay, I get that. But nobody in the sports world gave Oklahoma fans more to celebrate than Kyle Whittingham. We need to get together and send him a candy gram or something. I don't know. Joe from Guthrie says we can't forget about Tulane either. No, we can't. That was a very memorable dawn to the year 2020. That was nice too, Joe. You're right. But if you can double down on Mule Shoe in one year like that, can they build a small statue of Kyle Whittingham somewhere in the OU campus? Where would be an appropriate place for that? Not not like a big one, but just a small little where you can go over and just like high five him or something. You know, maybe he's got a hand up in the air. Maybe over by the Greek house or something. How much do you think it would cost to commission one of those? I don't know. It's a good question. You could commission it and dedicate it to the University of Oklahoma in your name. Well, you have to have money for that. You know, that's – you think they'd take any owner financing on that deal? (laughs) Uh, Michael from OKC on the text line says, I saw Clark Stroud caddying for Mule Shoe in New Mexico. Weird. Really? Wow. Hmm. Now, he included the name of the New Mexico town, Vermejo, New Mexico. If that's if Michael's lying to us, it's a very specific and clever lie. You think he's lying? I don't think he's lying. Do you? Maybe. Vermejo? Is there a course in Vermejo, Mexico, New Mexico? I do not know. I've never been there. Where is Vermejo, New Mexico? That's a great question. I'll Google Maps it for okay. you. But, Sounds good. Uh, uh, li- another listener in the 405 says, can the person also tell Clark Stroud that his TikToks suck? <laughs> you know what was crazy is when he was at OU, those Friday driving to the office, you know, cranking up Bon Jovi or something, and everybody liked those. That's so good. Retweeted. And then he went to USC. Those are horrible. The worst videos I've ever seen. But you go to USC, you cut all ties to the University of Oklahoma. You can, you know, if you're going to go, like I said, the only way that you can leave is the Oklahoma football coach in my world, which is a really strange world. I, I give you that. But you get fired, you go to the NFL, or you die. That's it. The only three ways that you can leave the University of Oklahoma as a football coach. And then if you're going to leave for a college job, about the worst one you can leave for is USC. It's certainly up there. We have a bad history with USC. You know, sometimes you look at the Blue Bloods and how they do against each other. Like Oklahoma's got a good history with Alabama. Pretty good. I mean, they haven't won them all, but they've won their fair share and they've got a winning record against Alabama. USC, we're talking about some disasters. 55-19, to we're talking about... Uh, John Major to Fred Cornwell in the corner of the end zone late in the game to beat Oklahoma. There are some – USC is unacceptable. I'm just saying. And for him to do that, never come back. Never come back to the state. 
He should have a one of those ankle bracelets on with an OU logo on it. And anytime he crosses state lines, there should be a sheriff chasing his ass like Buford T. Pusser. You know. Oh my goodness. And if he gets on that little stretch of what is it like twelve inch highway they have over there out in the panhandle? Th- three inches. I think that uh, yes, that would be good. So if he if he ever if we should be able to track him and make sure he never comes within the state uh, boundaries again. True Sooner says, OU is better than most NFL jobs. Spoken like well, a true Sooner. Yeah, I think that um, in many ways, I think it just depends on the, uh, you know, one of the things that I think that some people, and uh, it was Kirby Smart who talked about this after, actually after they won their first national championship, he was saying that a lot of pe- a lot of the coaches in the college ranks now because of the recruiting cycle and, you know, they don't get a lot of time off and they miss a lot of time with their families, that there are more coaches looking to get to the NFL coming out of college than ever before. And one of the things, you know, what does Bob Stoop said? Bob, you know, when he talks about, you know, coaching in the XFL is about, man, you know, I don't have to recruit. I don't have to go to meetings. I don't have compliance people to meet with any of that stuff. I just coach football. So, that's why I think you're seeing a little bit more of an exodus from some college assistants to the NFL than we've had in previous years. Okay, let's take a break right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line, Portugal Demand. This is still a great song. Keep it right here. We're coming right back. We'll get to some more of your texts right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back. Good to have you with us. Thank you, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. You have heating and air work uh, you need to have done. That company will get the job done. They'll do it at a fair price with professional people, 405-579-3113. I was just thinking back to the uh, when Muleshoe announced he was going to SC, that it was like a fun week though was it not you were pissed that entire week i mean there was anger and joy in seeing the uh, total uh pettiness of the ou fans including myself because they came after that man with all the social media force they could and uh, i'm just trying to think those you know that's where travis davidson man mule shoe pretty much Gave him a career, right? I mean, Travis has earned it. He's really good. He knows what he's doing. I'm not dogging Travis. Travis is great. Valuable addition. We all but Mule Shoe kind of opened the door for Travis to walk right through. We all owe a lot to Mule Shoe in retrospect. We do? It was it was a unifying time. It was a unifying across time. Across Sooner Nation. How many times were you on his uh, Twitter space? Like every night, pretty much, for a while? Yeah, I mean, we were doing them every night till 4 or 5 in the morning. It was like the biggest uh, social media therapy session ever, uh-huh. pretty much. It was legendary. It I would was. not. I would not go back. I would not relive that week. But, man, it was wild. It was you, memorable. I'm trying to think, and you guys might have a few moments. Somebody's going to go, Good move on, Steely. Okay, shut your yapper. They haven't said that yet, but I'm just telling you in advance. Um, 
But I can remember one of the moments that I thought was the best was when uh, Roy Manning was two-timing out there, O-U-N-U-S-C, right? Yes, that's right. And all of a sudden, from OU compliance comes the eyeball emoji. You remember that, right? Oh, do and I. And it was retweeted like 9 million times It was the like greatest tweet seconds. in the history of compliance. <laughs> yeah, it was. Really the greatest <laughs> moment in the history of compliance. That was the one Never... moment I remember more than any other mule shoe tweet was basically the eyeball emoji. like. And then I remember the next, the first response I saw was a GIF, GIF GIF. When, when they captured Osama bin Laden, and it just said, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. And I just remember that, didn't the OU compliance person say, I just was tweeting like an eyeball emoji, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and it blew up big. Like they were immediately going to go arrest Roy Manning on the spot or something, you know. The, co- co- the compliance police for, were g- getting ready to knock the door down. If and, only for a moment in time... The public loved compliance. Never has compliance as an entity been more popular than on that evening. Oh, yeah. I mean, OU compliance has probably been retweeted like never, right? Until the eyeball emoji came out and everybody thought, they've got him. They've got him on recruiting violations. (laughs) So good. Oh, those were the days where you could just scroll through any Lincoln Riley tweets and see 7,000 people basically saying F you in gift gif form. I mean, it was very petty, but also very funny. And it was very therapeutic at the time. And uh, as you can tell, I am not a mature man. I'm nearly 60 going on about 13 maturity wise, but I don't care. But that, that was a lot of fun. That was a way to get through the anger. Markin Blanchard says, who is the guy that used to run up and down the sidelines on a big play waving a towel? I see he's still doing it at USC. I have no idea offhand who that would be. I don't know. I don't know. But they did have – USC had a very annoying dude running around waving a towel, though. I do remember that this year, too. So, again, as I said – somebody said Ste- <laughs> Steely – did you say you enjoyed two wonderful evenings with Kyle Whittingham? I did, yes. Yes, I did. I did say that. Like I said, uh, the person that gave me the most joy in the past year was, well, my lovely wife, Shay, because she's joyous every day. And after that, it was Kyle Whittingham because he beat Mule Shoe's ass twice. And we should be thankful that man is in our lives. And I especially enjoyed the Mack truck Running over the SC defense late in the Pac-12 championship game. That was enjoyable. That was very enjoyable. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439 in the Air Cover Solutions text line. Vermejo is a large hunting resort in New Mexico. I only know this from the time I used to follow Hairplug Boy on Twitter. I think that's his preferred vacay destination. Hmm. Vermejo. A uh, guy running with the towel was Cesar Martinez with strength and conditioning, says one listener. So there you go. There's your answer. Cesar Martinez is the towel waver. Do they, is, like in the press guide, is that how they list him? Cesar Martinez, towel guy or something? No, in the, and anybody that came with Mule Shoe mm-hmm. from Oklahoma to USC, save for Brian Odom, 
is merely listed in the media guide as Mule Shoe Stooge. There you go. They should be. They absolutely should be. Remember the uh, sneak off to L.A. early in the morning, too? Caught on video. But those guys are like, oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think who was on that flight. It was Grinch. It was Mule Shoe. Was Roy Manning on it, too? I can't remember if Roy Manning was on it. There were there were those that figured Bill Biedenboe was going to be on that flight. Bill Biedenboe's a good, solid Oklahoma. And you t- you heard him say, heck, I've got a house at Grand Lake. That man put roots down. See, that man is what you call loyal. He doesn't lie. He doesn't mislead. He's Bill freaking Biedenboe. I feel bad for Brian Odom. Brian Odom is yeah, essentially that- a prisoner of war he is. out in Los Angeles. I mean, Brian Odom had to do what he had to do. You know, sometimes sometimes you've got a really bad boss or something, but you got to work for him for a while, right? That's Brian Odom right now. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439 of the Air Coverage Solutions text line. We do have Cade McFarland coming up. Uh, we are going to start the hour talking more Sooner football uh, at the top of the hour, presented uh, next hour by the Seth Wadley Auto Group, and we're going to hear from Brad G. Pearson Jr. and talk Sooner defense. It's going to get better, right? Much better. It's only going to be better going forward. And uh, we'll hear what Reggie Pearson has to say about that. The Texas Tech transfer came through the portal. Safety for the Sooners. We'll get to that and talk a lot of Sooner football in the next segment right here on the home of Sooner fans, and that would be the ref. Here we are in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, and you together again. Talking a little sports, getting a little crazy. Like I said, I'm hopped up on uh, Celsius, Apple Cherry, Energy Drink, and Double Stuffed Oreos. Do I eat healthy? Yes, I do. Good to have you with us. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour. Be thinking about Exit 72 right there in Paul's Valley. You're looking for a car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle. They have the best selection and the best guarantee. Seth's personal guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. So welcome into hour number two. Okay, let's talk uh, Sooner football. Defense. Got to get better. Got to get better. And uh, help is here in the form of the transfer portal. You talk about Deshaun McCullough, Rondell Bothroyd, uh, Trace Ford, Jacob Lacey, Reggie Pearson Jr. And then you've got like uh, Kendall Dolby coming in as part of the 2023 class. You've got two five-star kids coming in that can play a lot, and Peyton Bowen and P.J. Atabare. So reinforcements are here for the Sooners and are, uh, you know, going through the workouts with Smitty and getting ready for spring football practice. What about Reggie Pearson Jr.? What attracted him to come to Oklahoma? Just being at a good program like this and the history and just the history of BV and himself is, is the perfect spot for me 
uh, being able to see the, de uh, the defense and how it functioned and uh, the players that it was kind of built around, it, it definitely screamed me. So uh, uh, it was an easy decision for me. Yeah, I'm ready for the season. Of course, uh, I got to atta uh, attack spring ball and uh, even attack today after this, my lift. So uh, taking everything day by day, but also being super anxious and eager for the season. Get to know there that guy. There He's going to play a lot. Uh, didn't he deliver the hit on Dylan Gabriel? Yes, he did. That was a hit now. It's not bad to have a hard-hitting headhunter at the safety position. Now, you don't want somebody that's out there, you know, trying to go Jack Tatum on somebody all the time. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, somebody that receivers fear a little bit. Um, would you think it is he and Billy Bowman – those guys in the opener? That I mean, would be my guess. Yeah. Um, it, I think it depends on how they end up utilizing Pearson because Venables has also said he's going to work him in at Cheetah. So, like, I think best-case scenario, you have Bowman and Pearson back deep as your two safeties, but maybe Venables wants to keep a consistent rotation of Pearson and McCullough at Cheetah and wants to let loose with Robert Spears Jennings or Key Lawrence at the other safety position. Key Lawrence is kind of the wild card to me. Seems like a guy that hasn't been talked about a lot, and I, I understand why, just because he's been so inconsistent and was so lackadaisical at times this past year. After a really strong close to the 2021 season, he was very milk toast in 2022. So... I think the Sooners have a lot of depth and a lot of talent in that safety room. We talk about an X factor or a wild card in Key Lawrence. Maybe an even bigger wild card is Peyton Bowen. How much is that guy pushing for playing time as a true freshman? So I don't know that there is a bad answer to the predicament at safety. You know Billy Bowman's going to occupy one of those spots. It's just a matter of who plays alongside him. Okay, of the uh, defensive guys that came in in the portal, I want you to rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 on terms of their impact in the fall for OU. Let's start with Desan McCullough. Nine. All right. Rondell Bothroyd, edge Seven. Guy. Okay. Trace Ford? Five. Okay. Uh, Reggie Pearson, Jr.? Seven. Uh, Jacob Lacey? I'll go six. And then the other one uh, is the uh, Devon Sears kid. Four. And it's weird because Kendall Dolby, again, is coming from junior college, and he could be an impact guy in the class. And then we've talked about guys in the uh, recruiting class that are coming in, the uh, true freshmen, Peyton Bowen, Peyton Bowen and P.J. Adabari. And you think both those guys – you think P.J. would be the first guy to see significant snaps or would it yes. be Bowen? Both those no, guys? No, it, it would be P.J. As much as I love Bowen, it will be P.J. Just because – I think the impact that P.J. could have as a true game wrecker off the edge drastically outweighs the impact that Bowen could have in the secondary relative to the other guys at the position because the Sooners have a bunch of experienced talent at edge and guys like Marcus Stripling, Jonah Laulu, Reggie Grimes, Ethan Downs, Bothroyd, Trace Ford, what have you. None of those guys is even close to the physical freak that P.J. is. Now, why did you put Trace Ford as a five? Only because of the health situation? Yeah, just because I, I don't know how close to 100% he's going to be, and I also think there are plenty of guys in that room that are going to make it difficult for him to emerge as a starter. 
I to me right now, I think you're starting players off the edge. Well, I guess I like to think of it as one edge and one defensive end. I think your starting defensive end is Ethan Downs. I think your starting edge is R. Mason Thomas. That's the way I see this shaking out. That's not a bad uh, bad place to start right there. So, again, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. I think everybody thinks that Desan McCullough is going to be, a, you know, just a huge impact guy right off the bat. Uh, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, from Sean, he says, the sneak to USC and OU gear was my personal favorite. Yeah, the OU fans, one of the initial pictures, like, first day he was there, talking about Muleshoe. And, uh, you know, the administration went in there with Muleshoe and sacrificed a small child because they had to, you know, do something for the evil way they handled things. And then they came out and did the press conference, and then Muleshoe was out there you know, recruiting, I think it was he and Alex Grinch and the OU fans, you can't be wearing OU shoes. I mean, they were all over him for that initially. Um, there was another question I was going to ask you about. Uh, oh, but think about Oklahoma. Let's say P.J. Adabari comes in and he becomes, you know, everything that Sooner fans expect. Okay. Plays like a five-star. Sure. You know, you expect a five-star if they really pan out to be an NFL guy. So let's say you have P.J. Adabare and Will Nwari, Winari, that in drives me crazy as your starting edge guys, your defensive ends in the SEC. That that's Alabama Georgia quality right there. No, that is. About. And I'd be stoked about that. You know what I'm saying? That I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff. That you need to be in their league. You've got to, you know, and Oklahoma had a really good, um, obviously, class in 2023. And they need to stack another class on top of that. And if you could start out with two five-star kids, again, at uh, at both defensive ends. And Ethan Downs would still be around, right? And, you know. Yeah, he'll be around. And, as, you know, I thought Ethan Downs was up and down last year. But he's got a lot of potential. I mean, he looks like the Hulk in the workouts. I mean, um, part of that was probably, you know, learning the new defense. And uh, I expect him to have a better year. He's still a good player. Still a good player. Okay. um, ORU is the best basketball program in the state. Well, this year they are. 30 wins. They hammered North Dakota State uh, in the Summit League final. So, which is great for Oral Roberts because even with 29 victories, they weren't getting in. So, uh, Paul Mills has done a great job. And, again, uh, they just absolutely destroyed North Dakota State in the uh, final last night. From the 405, Parker, throwing this one your way. We talked about it a couple days ago, but the 405 wants to know, who starts at corner for OU? Woody Washington starts at one corner spot. And as of right now, I would project the other starter to be Kendall Dolby. Although I think Gentry Williams will make that a battle. Now, look, I think Woody's a good player. Did we overrate Woody a little bit because no, OU's no, other corner so. play was so bad for no, a while? I don't think we did. But, I mean, I he think, had a pretty inconsistent year, though, by his standards, I thought, last year. I mean, it wasn't horrible There by were any more means, ups than downs. And at corner, you're going to get beat. I mean, that's, that's the nature of being a cornerback. There are going to be good days. And 
even for, you know, unless you're like Deion Sanders or Jalen Ramsey or somebody, you're going to have an occasional bad day. Woody was dealing with a lot last year because there was always he, – he, he took practice reps at safety quite a bit too because there was a talk of maybe moving him back. I think he did play some safety at one point. The Texas game, I believe he rotated back to safety. So that was a guy that because he's so good and because he's so versatile, he was getting asked to do a lot in the back end for Oklahoma. Now that you have more depth and more talent overall in the safety room, I think Woody can just focus on being a cornerback for maybe the first time ever. If you think back to 2020, he was still playing some safety that year. 2021, he was banged up, injured, missed the majority of the regular season. If you get a fully healthy Woody Washington in 2023 as a fifth-year senior, and all he has to do is just focus on doing his thing and doing it well, that's a guy that has all-conference potential. I love Woody Washington. I love what he brings to the table. I think he's a very good football player. 405-651-3439. Big 12 tournament basketball tonight. Uh, The Sooners and Oklahoma State, you know, round three. Cowboys won the first two rounds convincingly. 830 tonight on ESPNU. The OU women uh, will not be playing uh, until, what, Thursday? It's for the OU women, the uh, Sooner women. Uh, actually, it would be uh, Kansas or TCU on Friday, I believe it is. 5 o'clock, yes, in Kansas City on Friday. OU baseball Sooners underway against uh, UNLV right now, early part of that game. Again, at Aledale Mitchell Park. And again, uh, tonight, Sooners and the Cowboys, Bedlam basketball, Kansas City style. In the Big 12 tournament tonight, 8.30 ESPNU. The Sooner Weekly Update brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. Contact them at 405-329-1940. Break time right here. Coming right back. We'll get to more texts on the way. And uh, how about... The Thunder last night, pretty impressive. Golden State, bad memories, but last night was a nice one. Even though Steph dropped 40, the Thunder won the game. Great game for Josh Giddy as well. We'll talk about that more when we get back. We are back. Steely's smirking. I was just thinking a while back. I got some email from somebody I had no idea that was telling me, I actually know Clark Stroud and wrote an article about him. He's a really good guy back in the day. And I was just thinking of the uh, Matt Foley line. Well, Lottie, freaking nah, we got ourselves a writer here. Excuse me, Dad, I don't see too good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? <laughs> Sounds to me like you ain't using that paper for writing. Uh, for rolling doobies. One of the great skits in the history of SNL, right there. So good. <laughs> Is that Bill Shakespeare, Dad? I wish you would just shut your big yapper. So good. I didn't know that that would be in your wheelhouse, Parker. Of course, Thurs. it's iconic. But that was like 1995. Well, maybe that was probably like 1990, Listen, wasn't it? I, I'm a reasonably cultured individual. Oh, yeah, well, good. I'm glad that you know who Matt Foley is and what he represents. What about the, uh, the Rob Schneider Subway guitarist skit? You remember that one? That was a good one, yeah. Uh, but to me, Matt Foley was number one. I'll tell you who was underrated, too. Canteen Boy, Adam Sandler. 
You need to watch a few uh, Canteen Boy sketches. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. Yesterday, Bob Stoops was right here on the ref. And uh, keep in mind, of course, the Board of Regents meeting happened the other day. And uh, football facilities, you've got to keep building football facilities. The minute that you complete one, these are the blueprints for the next one. Or loud blueprints. That's right. Or you are going to get lost in the arms race. You don't want that to happen. Bob says uh, facility upgrades, obviously, they are vital. Well, sure it is. And, and again, I, I think part of the everything that's happening and in, in changing conferences and building this up, um, it all goes together. Um, you know, you, you no one you, – you can't stay the same or you can't just stand pat. you, you got to continue to move and move forward. And it sounds like we are in a really positive way the way this is happening. And – and I think, again, this, this move to the SEC can really, I think, boost us. And I, I'm smart enough to know I understand the teams we'll be playing against. But still, overall, I think it can boost the program. There you go. All right. Yeah, I mean, you've just got to keep building. You, you have to. Uh, football is, you know, you've got to – what was it Barry Switzer said? Bud created the monster. My job was to feed the monster. And the the football, the the OU football monster, think of your dog. What is your dog always wanting? Our dogs, I know what they always want. They know where the treats are, and they want the treats all the time. And that's what the OU football monster needs. Very expensive treats in the forms of a a facility. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the hiring and bringing a Thad Turnipseed, even though he sounds like a character in a children's book, uh, is a very big one for OU as well because they've got a, a vision of what they want to do facility-wise now too, and that's going to be pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty good. Okay. Hey, uh, Baker Mayfield, could there be a little uh, battle for Baker between the Rams and the 49ers? That's intriguing to me because I don't feel like either of those teams are bringing him in with the expectation that he's going to start for them. Well, the 49ers, right? the future is Trey Lance, right? Allegedly. But then, but then Brock Purdy came on, and he played pretty good. But uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, the 49ers seem like a pretty ready-made team. Now, here's the deal. You've got a ready-made team. And, again, the 49ers are going in the future direction of Trey Lance. But – Baker in that uh, Sean McVay system looked pretty good. I mean, he definitely came back, played better, seemed to re-energize uh, his career somewhat. He had the great uh, game against the Raiders, obviously, the historic comeback. But if you had your choices, and if you said, look, Matt Stafford's coming back, but you know that Matt Stafford's going to get banged up, right? Happens every year. Sure. Um, let's say in a situation where Stafford is hurt and Trey Lance gets hurt, the 49ers are a better situation, though, right? Clearly. I mean, Sean McVay's system is great, but the 49ers have a much better offensive line. You've got George Kittle. You have uh, Debo Samuel. You have Christian McCaffrey now. Um, it would be interesting to see a, a Baker versus Brock Purdy battle at backup quarterback if Trey Lance didn't cut it or if Trey Lance got hurt. You know where I would like to see Baker? Where? Tampa Bay. Really? Bring him on down to Tampa Bay. You think I want Kyle Trask as my team's starting quarterback that in 2023? That doesn't Steelers? sound like a winning situation there. No. 
Baker over Kyle Trask eight days a week. I would like to see Baker with the Raiders just because I love the Raiders uniforms. Chris Plank would probably like it too. Chris Plank would love it. Yes. But, man, to me, you want to talk about a ready-made team. I don't know if Tampa Bay is quite on San Francisco's level in that regard, but I think they're close, and I also think Baker's got a much clearer path to be the starter there. Yeah, I don't know. What did you think of what we saw from Trey Lance when he was healthy? I mean, he's got – the talent is there, but, a, again, it doesn't look like he is – you know, and he hasn't played enough to really grade where he is. But, I don't know, do you think Baker is now just going to be a career backup? Do you think it's going to be the the right spot, obviously, for him to be a starter again? And there – I don't know, there aren't many of those out there in the NFL. No, but I think, I think Tampa Bay is one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think – if he goes to San Francisco, I, I don't think he starts a game next season in San Francisco. I don't think he would start a game in L.A. next year either. At least I don't think it's the type of thing you could bank on. In Tampa Bay, you put him in a competition with Kyle Trask, even if somehow he doesn't win that job outright, out of the gate, Lord knows Baker Mayfield is going to supplant Kyle Trask at some point. Kyle Trask is not a franchise quarterback. And not to say that Baker is either at least I don't think he's proven to be that yet a man Baker's ceiling is so much higher than that of Kyle freaking Trask yeah Kyle Trask's ceiling is one of those little mini houses you know the really small ones Baker is not the Sistine Chapel ceiling, it's, but it's higher than Kyle Trask. There's no doubt about that. All right, 405-651-3439. Billy Tubbs created a monster, and all men's basketball gets fed right now are table scraps. Can't totally disagree with that right now. Yeah, can't disagree with that. If Stu- Oh, here we go. This is from a 405 listener. If Stoops believes that, then why didn't he upgrade the facilities while he was there? Isn't that the era when we got behind? There have been a couple times where they got behind a little bit, but the football coach can only do so much, man. You've got to have donors out there sometimes. I, I don't know. I'm purely guessing here because Oklahoma is such an oil and gas state, and so is Texas, and a lot of the, you know, the wealthy donors are in Oklahoma and Texas. Not all of them, but a lot of them, and it probably goes with the economy to a certain extent as well. So – but uh, they're on the right track again right now. And, and their facilities, again, they weren't horrible by any means. But they just, like I said, you got to keep up with the Joneses, man. Once you're done building one, you better start thinking about another. Because the good news about construction is they're always on time, right? No, they're not. So if you start, let's say Oklahoma finally gets – I don't know. We're, we're still talking about the Lloyd Noble Center thing yesterday. And, again, they they got, what, $9.5 million, think, I think it was, for uh, new basketball rooms for the men and the women. It's a bunch of money pumped into baseball. There was, and it's about time because, you know, and that's what happened when you create, create momentum in your program because that was much needed going into the SEC. But, um, you know, you just have to, uh, to make sure that you're always thinking about your next plan especially now because uh, the baseball facility, Eldale Mitchell Park, again, needed needed some upgrades heading into the SEC because it's going to be a different level of uh, 
baseball experience in the SEC. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And again, uh, the Lloyd Noble Center, let's say uh, eventually the plans start on a new arena somewhere. Who knows? What would, how much longer will Oklahoma be playing basketball in the Lloyd Noble Center? If I put the over and under at five years, you taking the over or the under? I would take the over. Me too. Which is concerning. It is. I don't necessarily agree with playing basketball at the Lloyd Noble Center in the long term, but you forced me to pick the over or the under, I would take the over. All right, break time right here, 405-651-3439. You guys are doing a great job again today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep in mind, next Monday we'll be out at Buffalo Wild Wings. There and more right off I-35, our 68-team giveaway. Our show, obviously noon to 2, we'll start drawing out teams at 2 o'clock. Come by, have lunch with us, say hello, and um, hopefully you'll get a great team. Buffalo Wild Wings and more, our 68-team giveaway happening on Monday. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, the sports director at KJRH. In Tulsa, Notre Dame fanatic, the one and only Caden McFarland. How we doing, Caden? Mike, doing so good. Love hearing that song. I'm beginning to think that you secretly love uh, the Fighting Irish. I like Notre Dame a lot more than USC. I will always root for Notre Dame <laughs> yeah. over USC. I will yeah. give you that, yes. Uh, we we agree there. Hey, can I, I listen to the last couple of segments. Fine work by both of you guys. Uh, I like bagging on Gen Z guys winning where I can, especially in the biz, mm-hmm. uh, colleagues, if you will. But I have so much respect for young Parker Thune, knowing who Matt Foley is. I know. So that respect. was impressive. That was very impressive. That was very impressive. Mean, obviously, your impression was spot on. Uh, but I'm more impressed with Parker, even Me knowing too. who Matt Foley is, and being able to, to quote it along with you. Just very very impressed. Even more impressed, Parker, than I was uh, when I barely knew who you were, but you jumped in uh, to take on Jeff Ketchum on my behalf. That was uh, nice. Yes. He jumped yeah. right in the ring, man. Guy. There was not even a tag. That's he right. brought a chair to the head and everything and knocked out Jeff Ketchum in that match That's for exactly you. That was right. good. So, by the way, let's see if he can name who the actor and the actress, the comedian and the actress on the couch was. Oh, okay. The so that yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. One of them There's, was Joe Dirt eventually. Yeah, it's, yeah okay. I, I I don't know. David Spade. Sp- yeah, David Spade. Yes, and was it really David Spade? Yes. Dang. And the actress was first started on Married with Children. And uh, oh yeah, initial C A. Christina. Me or Christina Parker? Applegate. There you, there you go. Well so, done. I mean, you had well some – that was a star-studded uh, fixture right there. Good night. Uh, and I still can – I can see Chris Farley touching his goods. Excuse me, Dad, I don't <laughs> see too good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? So good. And his pratfalls were great as well. Anyway, we could spend uh, two hours talking about Chris Farley, but let's talk about ORU. 30th win last night. They blow away – I think ORU had it in their mind, you know what, we can't mess around here because we may win 29 games and uh, have a really good basketball team, but if we don't win last night, we're not going dancing. So they were on a mission, and they absolutely blew away North Dakota State. And I'm curious to see if this team can make another run like that team did a couple years ago now. 
going to depend upon the draw. Uh, you know, we saw in the semifinals, and I had a feeling that last night might go that way, in part because, man, it's hard to play three games in four nights and be at your best in all three of them. Uh, and they did struggle a bit in the semifinals against St. Thomas. It felt like that was the game where they got it out of their system and they would be at their best last night, and they were. Now, Coach Mills admitted after the win over St. Thomas in the semis that if you can put a stretch five out on the floor against ORU, that causes them some problems. Connor Vanover has been so it's seven foot five inch transfer from Arkansas. He's been really valuable for ORU, but he struggles if he's guarding somebody who can shoot the three. St. Thomas was able to do that. North Dakota State would rather pound it inside, and they just they weren't going to be able to make that happen uh, against Vanover down low. And that that's the reason that this team, even though Kevin O'Banner is now in Lubbock, playing has had you know two really fine seasons for Texas Tech. I think this ORU team is better than the one two years ago. Almost everybody else returns, and Vanover makes them better defensively uh, than they were two years ago. And Paul Mills does such an incredible job uh, coaching his guys up so that it, they get good shots almost every single time down. They, it, these guys, they use the analytics really, really well. Guys know what is a good shot for them. Uh, each guy individually, which spots on the floor they're really good from and which ones they're not so efficient. And uh, they get good shots almost every time down. they got a point guard who's, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to make it in the NBA, but I bet he, he gets a real shot. And if not, the NBA back Smith is going to be playing somewhere for a long time. And it, it's, it's a pretty good little squad. Uh, and they'll have a better seed than they did when they were a 15 two years ago. So as many people said last night on the broadcast, they're a team that I don't think anybody probably wants to see uh, come up on their draw selection Sunday. Now, I think I'd agree with you on that, Caden, and I'll be interested to see exactly where ORU is seated. But my question for you is in terms of this team's ability to travel in the tournament, generally a team that does so, a team that makes a Cinderella run, typically does it on the back of one player who heats up beyond belief. You think back to Steph Curry, think back to Shabazz Napier, for instance, two guys that instantly jumped to mind. When ORU made the run a couple years ago, as you mentioned, they had both Max Asmus and Kevin O'Banner who could take over a game at a minute's notice. But my question for you is, Let's say Acemas has an off night. It happens for every scorer, right? Is that going to be the end of the line for ORU, or do they have enough firepower offensively outside of Acemas to pick up the slack? They've got a lot of firepower, and they have enough that in the Summit League, I mean, they just went 21-0 against Summit League competition. They have enough where if Max is a little bit off against a team at that level, they're able to do it. I don't, I don't think they're going to beat a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament uh, if Max isn't good. Max is going to have to be good. I I fully expect him to be good. I mean, obviously, off nights happen, but he has shown us in in the biggest moments, he is almost always really good. And and so you expect that. You sort of bake that in. Like, if they're going to advance, Max Acemas has to be really good. That's just kind of baked into the recipe. Uh, and I and I think Vanover has to be good as well. Vanover has to avoid foul trouble, which he's been really good at, but that – Always concerns me in NCAA tournament play. I have the same concern for Purdue uh, this season. A big guy getting two quick fouls. We know how you know college officiating can be, how it can be when uh, refs from different leagues come in and guys aren't necessarily used to it. I, I, I always hate picking a team whose best guy 
is a big man, uh, just because I assume in one of those games there's going to be foul trouble that maybe isn't warranted. Uh, I, I, I think Vanover and Aismas both have to be good for ORU to advance. I Look, this is, it, it, it is still a Cinderella story. It's a really good team. It really is one of the best offenses in the country, I think. It's an improved defense. But, the, I mean, this is still ORU. If they were to face OU, the last place team in the Big 12, on a neutral floor tomorrow, that Vegas spread would not be very big in ORU's favor if it was in ORU's favor. I mean, that's just that's the level we're talking about. And they have been incredibly well coached. The run has been fantastic over the last three years. But Max Aismas has to be really good if they're going to advance in the tournament. Almost no doubt in my mind about that. Cade McFarland joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, Bedlam round three tonight in Kansas City. What do you think about uh, this third go-round for the Sooners and the Cowboys? I, I've come full circle. I know that I was on with you guys the day of the first Bedlam game, and at that time I was convinced. I don't know about you, but I was convinced that OU had a little better team than OSU thought there was more skill. Boy, that seemed what a cold take that is, right? Uh, but I did say that day that game was in Stillwater. I just had a hunch that OSU – who had not played as well as OU through the first handful of games in Big 12 play. I just had a hunch that they'd, they'd bring their best. They needed it more. They'd end up winning the ballgame. The last time these two teams played, it looked like OSU's athleticism overwhelmed OU to such an extent that it, if they played ten times, OU might be lucky to win once. just seemed like a bad matchup. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going against rationality again. I just – I. OSU needs it more. They might just clinch or cinch an NCAA tournament berth with a win tonight. I, I don't know that that's the case, but it certainly could be the case. Uh, OU is not in that same situation, and for some reason, despite what we've seen from these two teams in the regular season matchups, I just kind of have a, I just have a hunch uh, that it's going to play out differently than it probably should. I, I, no Avery Anderson obviously has become a problem for OSU. It was a nice win for them in Lubbock over the weekend, but. OU's found a couple of things down the stretch. It, it's been better ball, a couple of wins, a little more consistent. First, I, I like Porter Moser. I, I just it's, And in tournament play, I mean, I just think he's a guy who can take yours and beat his and vice versa. For some reason, I think OU's going to win this thing. I may look like a fool at about 10.35 tonight, but for some reason, I just, just kind of think OU wins this thing. Obviously, Caden, we're four days away from Selection Sunday. We're five days away from our 68-team giveaway here on The Ref. I am curious, as we look at this tournament field as a whole and what is to be, can you identify for us one of these no. powers within the top five or ten teams in the country that you feel is particularly immune to the early-round upsets that we get so frequently on an annual basis in the NCAA tournament, and maybe one team that wouldn't qualify as a Cinderella, but a team that's played good basketball, maybe in the lower half of the top 25 right now, that you think is better than they've shown and has a chance to make a run come March Madness? What a great question. I, I don't feel like I could go to the betting window on any team in the field <laughs> to go all the way. I, I, I think it's going to be an absolute crapshoot. It's going to depend upon matchups and just who – who is able to win their clunkers, if you will, and survive a game where they don't play their best, uh, and who is able to avoid stubbing their toe, uh, you know, when they just happen to be matched up with somebody who's dangerous enough to take them down. Uh, I felt good about UCLA. I like Cronin, uh, but it looks like they could be down a starter for a little while. 
I can't imagine that Kansas is going to repeat, but they, they to me seem like a pretty good bet to avoid an early round loss. I mean, I know that that's jumped up and gotten self before, but this team is so veteran. Uh, you know, like I, they don't rely on post play in the same way that those Kansas teams of the past have. I mean, I, I just, I trust a lot of those experienced guys. I, I'd be surprised if, if KU doesn't make a run to the, let's say, Sweet 16 Elite Eight. I'm not sure where you would want to draw the line on an, on an early out. With regard to somebody further down, you know, let's say the top 25 that might be able to jump up. I mean, the Big 12 is what I watch most closely. I guess Baylor doesn't qualify. Baylor's a team I love potentially just if they get hot. I think that's a team that absolutely could go the distance. Kansas State, I think, probably relies a little bit too much on, on the home court advantage. That's a team I like, but you saw some warts as, as time went on. Texas, probably not far enough down the top 25, right, uh, to, to qualify for what you're saying. So I guess I can't go with them. I, I don't know that I identify anybody from, the, from Big 12 country who falls into that category. Um, I, I guess maybe I'd, I'd have to look at, at the Big Ten. You know, I, I think Illinois is a team that's maybe talented enough to make a run if they're able to put it together, which they haven't necessarily uh, for most of the year. I mean, it, it's a great question because, like I say, I, I don't feel good going to the betting window on anybody, and for that reason, it feels completely wide open. I mean, I don't know that I want to say like 15 or 16 teams have a chance to win the thing, but a whole bunch of teams have a chance to be there uh, in the Final Four, uh, to win four games. I, I, I think absolutely 20, 25 teams have a chance to win four games. Illinois' tournament stock might be dependent upon how many energy drinks Matthew Meyer has consumed <laughs> in advance of the Fighting Illini's initial matchup. Yeah, oh, man. He's, he feels he, like he's he been was around forever. He was jacking it up. Yeah. He was jacking it. Was that Michigan over the weekend? I got I mean, he was taking every single shot down the stretch in an overtime. Um, yeah, he's – look, and by the way, that goes back to Scott Drew, the job he's done, and Paul Mills, the Tang, and it, what they've sort of gotten figured out there. Uh, in Waco, Texas. Once upon a time, we all were convinced that, that Drew didn't know what he was doing and couldn't coach. And, and at the moment, that coaching tree is pretty hot. Yeah, looks pretty good, no doubt. Hey, Caden, great stuff. We appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. My pleasure. Once Thank again, you. Parker, just really proud of you, buddy. That well was done. that was a great uh, – Parker identified and knows who Matt Foley is and knew the sketch that we referenced. Yeah, by the, the way, we had somebody text in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line and say, when I was in the Army as a chaplain, I met a Catholic chaplain named Matt Foley. I laughed and said, that's hilarious, like the guy who lives in a van down by the river. He said – no, Farley named the character after me. I was his priest. Wow. Matt actually conducted Chris Farley's funeral. Every time I saw him, I wanted to grab my belt and pull up my drawers. <laughs> That's a great story right there. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So, so Matt Foley was really Chris Farley's Apparently he's a real priest. person. Yeah, there you go. Caden, thanks Beautiful. again. Appreciate you. You bet, boys. All right. You know who I, I want to see win it? Kelvin. Houston. This might be the year where Gonzaga has been way under the radar. You know, I know they won their conference tournament, but Gonzaga's never going to win a national title. I plus, I'm, I'm convinced uh, it's just never going to happen. It's not going to be Drew Timmy. No, not. Gonzaga is the Bills of the early '90s. Yeah. They're real good at getting there. They just can't finish. Yeah, I guess you're right. All right, stay with us. We'll get as many texts in as we can when we get back. All right. 
Back to wrap it up here on this Wednesday. Locked in coming up. Parker, Tyler McComas at the top of the hour. Riverwind Casino. Do so many great things in the community. They sponsor everybody. They give back. Yes, they bring in a lot of cash, but they give uh, a lot of cash away. (laughs) And they uh, do great promotions. And they do such a great job. I'm happy to be associated with Riverwind Casino. And I know we are here at the Ref as well. They've got another great promotion happening right now until March 18th. Earn one entry for every five points on your Riverwind wild card. Then be out at the casino March 18th for the preliminary drawings for the 20K Countdown to Concerts promotion. Between 7 and 11.30 p.m., they're going to give out $20,000 in cash and bonus play. And those are just the preliminary drawings. Then, just before midnight, one grand prize winner is going to be selected to win a pair of Taylor Swift concert tickets for her show at AT AT&T Arlington Stadium uh, April 1st, plus $1,000 cash. And that's not the only concert news we have. Of course, Beats and Bites is coming back. The Outdoor Concert Series for 2023. It all starts on May 27th. We have 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult kicking off the uh, festivities. Again, great local food trucks out there. Tremendous craft beer selection from Coop Ale Works. Kid-friendly environment. Bring uh, your folding chairs. Bring, again, your appetite. Bring, uh, you know, your expectation that you're going to have some great music because it will be 38 special and Blue Oyster Cult May 27th, June 10th, the Gin Blossoms Tonic and Soul Asylum on July 8th. We'll have Mark Chestnut, Shannon Doa, and Tracy Bird. And then on August 26th, Gary Allen taking the Beats and Bites stage. And tickets are available right now at riverwind.com. They're only five bucks a piece. And the uh, Showplace Theater coming back won't be too long. Earth, Wind, and Fire is coming. Get ready. Big show's happening at the Showplace Theater, not too far away uh, either, uh, because they are about to finish up, getting close to finishing up all the renovations over at Riverwind, simply the best. You know what? I'm going with Caden. I think Oklahoma's going to win this game tonight. I've got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. Oh, no. That tonight's going to be a good, good Oklahoma wins the game. They'll get off to a hot start, and they will win this game tonight. I admire the confidence. I admire the optimism, Steely. I do not share it. Boomer Doomer, Parker Thune. Boomer Doomer, Boomer Doomer. (laughs) I think this is the end of the line. Traveling Wilburys, good song right there. There you go. What a group that was, by the way. You talk about an all-star team. They have more All-Stars than the KD Warriors back in the day. Jeff Lynn, George Harrison, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison. I mean, that's that's a lineup right there. You you can't walk anybody in that lineup. It's a pretty solid. Well, Roy Orbison couldn't see very well, so you could walk <laughs> him, I guess. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> no, I think if Oklahoma wins tonight, they're going to need – I think they're going to need Grant Sherfield to get hot. They're going to need mm-hmm. probably 25, 30 points from him. And they need Tanner Groves to stay out there. You're not going to beat Oklahoma State on the interior. You're going to have to beat them with strong perimeter shooting. And to me, that starts with Grant Sherfield. It has to start with Grant Sherfield. They need one He's of his big He's got to establish nights. a rhythm. Yeah, no doubt. And a good start like they had you know, against TCU, like they had against Alabama. Because if they get down early – 
like 10 to 2 or 12 to 4 at the first time out, they probably are going to be done. All right. want to thank our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group there in Paul's Valley. Thank you, thank you, thank you. By the way, OU Monty, thank you for sending me the Whataburger gift card. You're awesome. If they had the banana cream pie shake, I may go get that right now. I need more sugar. My sugar has run out. Thanks again to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Let's get locked in up next with Parker and Tyler McComas here on The Ref.